Okay, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast today. My name is Hannah Cobb and I'm the uh, Interim uh, Associate Dean for Online and Blended Learning. And um, I'm really excited uh, to have Ellie Aspey and Gillian Olf from Law joining us today. Uh, they have been undertaking a project looking at student-centred review of assessment and feedback. Uh, and uh, they're here to tell us a little bit more about it. So uh, tell us about the project. What did it involve? and, and uh, when did it start and what what inspired it? Thanks Hannah. Um, so we have been working on a curriculum review within law over the past couple of years. Ellie and I were co-leading this project and um, as part of this obviously we were looking at assessment and feedback. Um, we weren't able to bring in the students as much as we would have liked during that period because it was the, the pandemic period and we really felt there was a gap there that we wanted to fill um, by, by starting to get the, the students to give us some thoughts um, and, and contribute to uh, redesigning um, how we talk about assessment and feedback. They're trying to bring in their, 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 own, their ideas and develop a shared understanding of assessment and feedback within the department. Fantastic. So what did you do? How did it, how did it work? So we used um, a concept called micro sprints, which had previously been um, sort of introduced by John Owen as part of the, the ITL fellowships. And what these are are three hour sessions where you do really focused work with students as partners uh, in order to produce a kind of output at the end. So they, they follow a set process, plan, do, review, reflect. And we had a set target for each of those, those sessions. So we did four in total. Um, one of which looked at reviewing assessment materials, one of which looked at marking criteria, and then one on assessment literacy and one on feedback literacy. And we had a group of five students and myself and Gillian and one of the e-learning um, humanities team was with us as well to support and give their views on sort of assessment and feedback. Wow, that sounds brilliant. I should say, um, I think we will have a link below the um, podcast for people to um, John Owen's project, uh, because that is on the ITL website, so people can have a bit of a read about that kind of broader context. But it sounds like a really constructive uh, way of working. What were the outcomes then of, of the of the micro sprints with the students? So in terms of the, the, the use of micro sprints, we found that a really positive experience. We really, um, we really enjoyed working with the students. We found it really easy to follow um, the, the guidance set up by John Owens. And I think the students really enjoyed it as well and found it a positive experience to be working with us. Um, it was very energetic. It was reasonably easy to uh, achieve some of the goals that we were setting out to achieve. Um, there's a lot that we learned from that process, but it's definitely something we would encourage other colleagues to to, to use and um, something we're going to take forward in our practice as well. And what were their feed feelings about uh, assessment and feedback? What did, what did you what did you get from those sessions? Yeah so I mean I guess it would maybe make sense to sort of go session by session. So for the assessment materials what we were looking at was any kind of material that was provided to the students. So things like the assessment handbook we have in law, um, sort of coursework and this exam cover sheet, these types of things. And we just asked the students to have a look at them to see, you know, are they clear? Is there any ways we could make them better? Uh, and one of the things we identified was that there's potentially a sort of lack of consistency in our materials, which is understandable. They've been designed at different times and obviously with COVID, they've not necessarily been, been reviewed as much as they should. So what we're trying to do is make the, the language much clearer 
in those materials so that we're using the same terms for different types of assessment. We're making sure that they link together a bit better uh, and also that the language is, is supportive. This is another thing that the students identified, particularly with things like mitigating circumstances, that we clarify the kind of levels of support that we offer and we make it so that students feel like they can apply, that it's, it's something that is genuinely offered and that we're genuinely going to support them through so that the whole thing becomes much more supportive than it was before. And I think we we thought from that that one of our suggestions would be that there's a more of a focus on assessment and feedback materials and, and regular reviews of those assessment and feedback materials within the department. So we often update materials on an ad hoc basis, but actually we need that consistency. And we also talk to the students about potentially offering um, a dynamic web page where all the material is located together or maybe having um, integrated assessment uh, folders on, on Blackboard so that all the information is automatically filtered in and updated um, for each of the individual course units because there was just that lack of consistency which was really causing confusion with students and, and we were quite surprised that they weren't aware of where a lot of the materials were, they weren't using those materials, they were really struggling to find the information they needed in order to feel confident about their assessments. It's really it's really interesting to hear that you sort of identified all of that. And I think that maybe takes us on to the kind of next question then. So you you um, ran the various workshops and you've had all these kind of insights and you're now at that kind of stage of sort of pivoting towards thinking about what the next steps are. What what's what are your sort of thoughts on that? What what would you what insights would you take from these into the future? Uh, so. I think one of the things that we really pulled from the, the project and particularly from the discussions on, well, I think I saw through all of them on, on the marking criteria and through assessment and feedback literacies, that, that there's quite a strong disconnect between how staff see assessment and how the students see assessment and what they're hoping to get from it. Um, and particularly the, the way that they view assessment is often sort of um, an attempt to portray their knowledge on a particular thing. And what we really want to do is to identify how we can best support students to see the sort of broader aims of assessment so how we can see how it links to the intended learning outcomes of a unit how we can show how it broadens their transferable skills and has a utility outside of just that course unit so what we want to do really is to try and institute some support for students to see how we can develop that and develop that wider understanding of assessment and then jill if you want to build on that yeah yeah, what's interesting is there's, there's already some good practice within law. So we we use things like um, exemplars, we do marking exercises with the students, we draw their attention to the marking criteria. But we were just quite shocked by the fact that they they are they weren't able to really um, use those criteria in any way. So they didn't understand their use for particular assessments. They couldn't look back on them to look at their feedback, and they couldn't see how the, the criteria would be useful in the future. And so that's partly driven by a sort of lack of understanding of the purpose and practice of assessment within the university. And we felt that the, we spent a lot of time looking at, at feedback and, and trying to give better feedback, but actually that's perhaps not going to be as effective if the students don't understand why it's important and how assessment matters. And that, that sense of developing a shared understanding is really where we need to focus, we think. That's fantastic. Really interesting to hear. Did students propose particular ways they thought how they thought things like rubrics and marking criteria could be used? Did they have suggestions about what could be done? Yeah, so for the marking criteria we have at the moment, they felt that they they 
they all knew how to find them. They had all actually read them, which was good, um, but they didn't use them going forward because they thought that they were potentially not detailed enough. They were a touch vague um, and they lacked clarity on what was required. So going forward, what they suggested was much more detailed rubrics. Um, so things that set out explicitly the types of skills that were required at different bands. Um, so if you were attempting to get like a first class, what specifically was required, uh, potentially a 2-1 level, breaking that down a bit more into sort of a high 2-1, a, a low 2-1, and really linking it much more broadly to a, a wider range of things with maybe more explanation as to what the specific terms meant as well. Uh, detailed as in per mode of assessment too. Ideally, what they wanted was different um, rubrics for different types of assessments. We had quite a lot of discussion about this, about whether or not that was that was viable. One thing we, we thought about was meant maybe a greater level of detail at the point at which an assessment was provided in terms of what people were looking for. And then that could be used with a sort of more generic set of marking criteria at the end. And the students felt that that would work because what they really wanted was further guidance on how to make sure they got to those levels and they weren't quite sure how to to do that with the current criteria. And in a sense, they felt like adding more and more and more detail into the marking criteria used at the end wouldn't necessarily help them. It was coming too late. So it would be more information about the type of assessment at the beginning, I think, rather than at the end. Jill, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yes, yeah, so one example is we looked at designing assessment templates um, that set out the assessment brief. And that we we thought the students thought would be more helpful to them because at the moment we tend to just give them a question and ask, expect them to go away and, and think about how to answer that question. But actually giving them more structured support as to how to how to go about approaching that question and that particular assessment, they felt would be quite helpful. And in relation to the criteria, they they they, they were able to spot things that, that they could show us were misleading. So we talk about the, um, the need to demonstrate further reading, but we put that in at our first class level. And so that sort of led to a, uh, an expectation from students if they demonstrated first class, if they demonstrated further reading, that would necessarily mean that they would achieve a first class mark. And that's because it only appeared at the first class level. Whereas if we had included that at all the different stages, all the different grades, but actually articulated what we wanted students to do with that reading and how they should be incorporating and engaging with that reading, then that would allow them to better understand how they could move up across the, the, the levels. It's really interesting to, to hear you talking about this. Um, my, I'm, my school uh, that I'm from is Salk, and um, we certainly had a, been thinking about these kind of things as well. And we do have marking criteria for different types of assessment. Um, and But that sort of question of how you get that information is something that I think we're thinking about, not just in the faculty, but across the whole university. So um, with the pilot of Cadmus, are you, are you involved in Cadmus? And I think that is a really interesting uh, space to start to bring those kind of criteria in. Are you finding, are you using part of, uh, Cadmus in that way? Yes, we're both using Cadmus within our individual course units and in part because we've noticed this disconnect between staff and student expectations around assessment and the ability to scaffold um, is where I think the, the Cadmus is particularly helpful um, in, in, in supporting students when they're approaching their assessments. That's so brilliant to hear. I don't want to uh, talk too much about Cadmus because it's a it's a spoiler alert for future podcasts. Um, but um, uh, it is something that that we'll be bringing to this podcast series to sort of talk through people's experiences. So hopefully we can hear more in a bit. But it's really interesting to hear how it 
connects up with the the work that you that you've been doing and the the sort of uh, student-centered review that you've that you've undertaken um so you've told us loads about sort of the student view of it but um what has your work showed about staff assessment literacy again we think that's probably something that needs a greater focus we can see that there's a lot of work we could do with the students to develop their understanding of both assessment and its purpose and the practice of assessment but we also need that shared understanding across the staff as well um, so that they're not giving inconsistent messaging to students and that they're able to draw on sort of the current thinking about assessment so rather than just thinking about assessment of learning that sort of very end point of assessment that assessment is able to build into the learning that students do as they're progressing through their studies and I think that that understanding and those developments in pedagogy need to be shared between staff um, and that would actually help to support the students. That kind of difference between assessment of learning and assessment for learning, that, that kind of pedagogic difference. Yeah, that's exactly it. But there's been a real shift in pedagogy recently, um, over the past maybe 10, 15 years, I think. And 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 there's pockets of very good practice within the, within the university, but I'm not sure there's that shared understanding across all disciplines and, and all courses. And, and again, if we can get to a point where we've got that shared understanding, I think the students will better engage with the assessment from an early point and will understand what's expected of them and, and how to meet the learning outcomes. That's fantastic. It's really brilliant to hear all about this. I know you're kind of at that stage now where having done the, the review and uh, sort of thought about it, you're sort of now sort of thinking about the kind of next steps for implementation. And I know we're really lucky that you're going to be delivering a workshop later on in the year in our uh, faculty teaching online seminar series. And you very kindly have said you'll write something for our What Works in Teaching Best Practice uh, online series. So people who are listening will be able to look out for those. Uh, later on in the academic year. Um, thank you so much for coming to tell us about this today. It's been really brilliant to hear about it. And I think it's going to, it's, 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 it's going to be really interesting to see how the sort of direction of the, 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 your, your review sort of goes in terms of changing assessment and feedback in, in that kind of way. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you.